You're listening to episode 72 of the Just Life podcast. This is for you introverts out there. Today we are joined by Michael Dargy from Drop Baron Panda. It was a fight for truth and how to fail gracefully as we talk about our stories about being average in a world that tries to hold on tight to our ideas of what success really looks like. Enjoy the show. <laughs> I guess so. Eh? These guys, holy shit! That's a lot Pack, of packing some serious heat. <laughs> it's like I only got one camera. I'm like, yeah, well, like I'm I said, so lame. This, this, this stuff gets archived. We don't actually do anything with it. Mm. We're working on that part. We, do anything with it. we just like to creep on people. It's fine. Yeah, <laughs> totally. From from many angles. There's like one under the. Under, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. Up the skirt cam. Yeah. Then. The should, zipper cam. Should have worn, <laughs> worn my kilt. Damn it. So is this your big plan for the day, or you got lots going on? Uh, got another podcast after this. Drop Baron Panda Save the World, episode 54. Holy crap. Yeah. You're like a celebrity. I'm, well, you're like, you got, you know, a whole lineup of podcasts. You're doing a podcast tour. That's right. Well, but I'm like, Drop Baron Panda is my podcast, so. Oh, that's your podcast. Yeah, okay. Yeah. You've got two podcasts. Yeah, I do Rebel Rebel and one called Drop Baron Panda Save the World. Right, I've seen the Rebel Rebel. What's what's the... Drop Baron Panda Save the World? Thanks for asking. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you asked. <laughs> uh, yeah, Drop Baron Panda Save the World is... Uh, uh, my girlfriend and I, we have a comedy team. We do short films and plays and shit like that. We decided that a year ago that we would start doing podcasts every week. Nice. So it's like our, our take on news... So it's uh, you know it's, it's topical or it's you know whatever we're feeling we'll just talk about you know nice that weird shit that happens. And, oh cool. Uh, yeah, it's it's really good. I mean we we've, we've hit fifty four countries so far. We're like tens of thousands of downloads. It's ridiculous. Wow, good for you. Yeah, I'd love to. Uh, I'd love to know how you did that. I have no idea. <laughs> I, I will tell you that we um, a large part of it was soccer. Like, because we would we'd follow World Cup, mm. uh, both the men's and the women's, and we ended up getting like a huge spike uh, early on. Because you were talking about because we were talking about that, we were we were making bets like ridiculous bets on games where I had to. I still owe Panda actually a a full on commercial extolling her virtues. Yeah. You were telling me about that. Yeah, I did so. the I did the radio version right away, but I still owe the the video version. So that's so yeah. So when are you doing that? When can we expect it? Soon. I've been collecting. Hush falls over the crowd. I've been collecting footage for the last year. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's it. Yeah, that's great. That's us too. You know. Yeah, yeah, we're, totally. We're totally working we're, on this project. Like I say, we're archiving. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We've got a. Uh, we're about three quarters of the way writing a short film that we're shooting in September, October as well, which is going to be amazing. It's going to be epic. It's going to be our probably our biggest production yet. Very cool. Which is cool. Yeah, we'll actually have a budget for this one as opposed to everything else we do is no budget, and it's usually we shoot it in an evening, edit it the next day, and release it. Oh tomorrow. wow! Okay, yeah. so this is an actual like legit yeah. production. Yeah, good stuff. Yeah. How does that happen? How does one get a budget or funding for something like that? Uh, well, you dip into your own pocket, and then you talk to people that are like really support your journey and are like yeah i want in on that i want an executive producer credit on that yeah sure okay Whatever. cool yeah can you share a bit like what it's about at all or is that kind of a i can well i i can't secret. Sh- there's 
the opening scene starts with two cops that are um, just coming out of Tim Hortons and they get a call and it's in Kensington and they end up on this call and it's a horror it's but it's a drop bear and panda horror and you will have to look up drop bear and panda to figure out what that might mean <laughs> <clears throat> but basically these cops end up investigating this disturbance could be a prowler could be a wild animal and then all hell breaks loose. Um, and then, you know, it, it basically cuts to us in our house and shit's going on outside. We're not sure what's happening. There's like an emergency broadcast thing on the TV. And then all hell breaks loose. And there's a there's a uh, wicked uh, awesome reveal at the end, which I'm not going to talk about. Oh, shit. Yeah. Look at that. He just left the, the little the trail of breadcrumbs. Yeah. yeah it's like an audio me. preview for Come you. Come to me. Yeah. Well, we'll make sure we... Uh, we link whatever you allow us to link to. Yeah, link all the stuff. I love that they're coming link out of the Tim Hortons. Link That's just such a oh, yeah. cliche. It's great. Uh, <laughs> and we just figured we'd just lean right into it. Yeah, why not, right? right why not? We've got police. We've got Canada. Yeah. What do we need? A cooler. A cooler. That's right. <laughs> double, double. A <laughs> honey curler. That's hilarious. His crumbs dropped on his lap as he spilled his... Double double. Was like, <laughs> oh god! In slow motion. <laughs> yeah, that's too funny. Anyway, man. it's gonna be fun. Awesome. Well, that sounds great. And so, how does that like get? I guess re- where does it get released? How like how does that all? Oh, we release it all on YouTube. We've got um, we've got a YouTube channel, uh, YouTube.com/slash/DropBearAndPanda, and we just put all our shit up there. All the podcasts go up there. All the short films go up there. That's where this one's gonna live as well, yeah. though. Okay. Yeah. Cool. And it, I mean, we just do it for just because uh, our our entire modus operandi is we just do shit because we want to. That's uh, a good reason to do it. Yeah, it's like yeah. I like that. I, I got him to. Uh, <laughs> I attempted to get him to fill out the form that uh, I I asked people to fill out. Oh right. And, uh, and it was quite interesting. I don't know if you you saw the uh, the comments. <laughs> I I, w- I would say that you. You probably were the one to fill it out the fastest. Uh-huh. Yeah, I believe that. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. <laughs> Send. All right. He's like, I when, I, used when I ask him about his wins, like wins in life, he's like getting to the second question of this form. <laughs> <laughs> like, okay. <laughs> so That's now, a big win. Now, granted, his, his, uh, his personal challenge, your biggest personal challenge is uh-huh. sharing personal things about himself. Oh, awesome. So, uh, it's, it's going to be a great episode. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's go deep. Yeah. <laughs> it's, uh, it's no surprise that you managed to get to the second because I imagine the first one's like, what the fuck? What the hell do I write? Or what should I write? Yeah. What was the first question? <laughs> what were your challenges in life? Your biggest oh, challenges my God. in life? Ooh, oh, yeah. What did I write? Was you, I was I vapid? You you didn't actually write anything. Oh, you, perfect. Yeah, you just said sharing personal details is yeah, the biggest challenge. That was a big challenge. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't. I really don't know what big challenges are to be honest. I well, mean, what uh, I, raising children was was a challenge. Yeah, as, as you know. Well, you're you run your own business. Yeah, you've been running your own business for how for long? forever. Like I I uh, have always had a side gig or some sort of hustle. Um, I spent. A lot of years teaching Japanese jujitsu, um, so I ran a studio. I, there was a time I had a bodyguarding uh, company here in Calgary. Uh, we did executive protection. We, uh, yeah. So, the, but then I ended up working for companies. Obviously, in the, uh, I taught. My God, 
I go, if I go way back, I taught at New Horizons Computer Learning Center, where I taught the graphics applications in Mac and stuff like that back in the 90s. Uh, we developed the, um, the very first new media curriculum for the Calgary Board of Education was one of my jobs. Wow. Yeah. And then I went on to uh, work at Applied Multimedia, which was a training college here in town. Yeah, I, I, I had taken that. Yeah. I was there. So I was there in 90, 98 to 2000, and I was the um, basically the dean. So the faculty head. Mm -hmm. I looked after all the curriculum for the classical animation, the digital animation, and the new media labs. And that was a challenge because I came into a mess. Oh, my God. It was crazy. A lot of politics. Well, there was a lot of stuff going on with, you know, uh, licenses with Adobe, with new computers. The new Macs had just come in. Um, There's a student revolt, I think, happening at the time that I arrived. So, <laughs> so it was... Go. The, more, yeah. the more things change, the more things stay the same, yeah. eh? Yeah. <laughs> and then after that, I got headhunted after a couple of years, and I ended up becoming um, a senior UI designer for a multinational market research firm and ended up spending you know, a week every month down in Seattle, which was awesome. Uh, and then as the company shifted, it was during the dot-com meltdown days. So they restructured and shifted everything. I ended up becoming the director of visual communications. It's, and that's what I did for the last five years. Right. Like when I was, my, the last five years of my work was working with McDonald's corporate and, you know, Chevron and uh, Starbucks and companies like that all these really reputable companies they're huge <laughs> it's you know, reputable or not they're they're huge <laughs> no, they're, they're behemoths right i'm just you know yeah po 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 so poking the big so ass fun. bear yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh so you know, when i was done they ended up getting bought out again there's like five ceos in five years um and then they ended up getting purchased by another company and i ended up getting packaged out which was awesome so I went and took a gig at Mount Royal. It was college back then, not university. In their communications faculty, I taught uh, advanced digital illustration and advanced digital photography, uh, which was super fun, uh, as I was just trying to figure out what I wanted to do with my life. And I realized that I didn't want to work with gigantic companies anymore. I wanted to focus on small companies, startups, and stuff like that. So my entire career from that point forward has been serving that market. Yeah, you said you didn't know quite what you want to do or you're trying to figure out what you want to do with your life and I was thinking at this point I'm like why don't you do something with yourself like <laughs> get some experience already right holy snap man you've been around I've done some stuff wow yeah. I'll say and it's pretty clear that uh, you there's a playground that you like to play inside of oh yeah what would you say that is outside observer well you uh, you love to create yeah and you like to teach Others had to create. Yeah, it's true. This guy's a unicorn. Oh God. We can't say it though. Why? Because what does that mean? Is that suddenly make it disappear? So oh, <laughs> he's a, he's a leprechaun. A full of sparkles. <laughs> oh shit! Oh my God! Yeah, Where'd he go? We don't yeah, want that. There's to just happen. glitter everywhere. He's like, God, dude, you're so close. If Richard, if we can do that with special effects, that would be fantastic. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No shit. Hey. Yeah. Wow. So, what's like your? Uh, you create a lot of things, but is that your primary focus, your primary business, or do you do that for organizations? Or what? What's your? What are you up to these days? Uh, my main focus is I work with companies to help them figure out what their story is, figure out how to shape it and share it into a, a, something that people can understand. So that's my mission right now is to to help companies figure that out because even the bigger companies, um, one of the challenges that we have, and it's not. I don't think it's cliche. They just they they. They think they know what they're doing, but when you ask them, they actually have no clue. 
and they don't know how to tell their story in a way that's compelling. You know, in a way that Let me people list get off it. the things I do. <laughs> yeah. No, 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 no. Exactly. Nobody gives a shit. Right. We do this and we do that. And so yeah. I do talks regularly at uh, ATV. And right. uh, just recently I did one on uh, something I call Brand Jitsu, which is, um, you know, the, the subtle. Appropriately named. I like it. <laughs> the art of finding your story is kind of the, the, the reason behind it. So the. Um, yeah. <clears throat> anyway, that's 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 the that's the drive right now is to help people figure that out. Right. Um, you know, I'm writing uh, I'm writing the book on Branjitsu as well because I figured it's time to codify all the stuff that I know and share it with people so that they can actually do it too because it's really not it's astoundingly not difficult. Yeah, it's it's just being in a place where you actually empower yourself to to stand confidently in some, for something about something yeah. and not peddling your wares and services yeah. on the street corners. <laughs> You've got the, I can't, I, I came up with it during a, during a talk, I wanted to sort of show two companies side by side. So two companies, exact same market telling two completely different stories. And I discovered as I was doing this research, uh, one was a client that I had worked with. One was a client I hadn't. But I went through and I started noticing the language, as you will, like we do this and we do that and blah, blah, blah. And so I decided to count on the first page how many we's there are uh, uh, versus how many you's there are. So I came up with this idea of what's the we to you ratio? Like how much are you talking about yourself over how much are you talking about your or talking, putting your customer in the story? Right. And it was outstanding to like just this discovery which, you know, it was kind of an aha moment. This one is 85 we's to 15 you's. Right. So they're talking about themselves in the first page alone, 85 times. Oh, man. To 15 of the customer. Isn't that interesting that there's 100 mentions? So like 85% of the time they're talking about themselves. Yeah. <laughs> Whereas the other one was 15 to 25. So 15 <clears throat> we's or, you know, that type of language versus 25 putting them in the story. And the context then, so how... Uh, how you read this stuff on the one company that was 85% about them, anytime they mentioned the other, like the, the customer, it was always in context with them, right? It was always about them. It was right. And right. how they can work with them. So whereas the other one was all, it was completely the opposite. It was about how they work with the customer, how the customer is the hero in this particular journey that they're on. Right. So it's, it's really like once you, sort of pull back the, the covers and go, oh, okay. Like, that shit matters. Yeah, no, it absolutely does. It's funny how little things stick with you. I read an article probably probably close to 10 years ago, and it, it I think it was headlined, change your I to you ratio. That's oh. what it was headlined. So, because most, you're talking we, same diff. Like, yeah. me, I do this, and I can help you with that, and I can right. solve this problem. That's how most people, I think by default, it's automatic lead, right? Sure. About, you know, they're probably well-intentioned, but it, it does those little details, the, the psychology behind it, right? The yeah. shift on the other person makes well, a difference. Well, no wonder you're so challenged by talking about yourself. You're so used to helping others talk about themselves. <laughs> I guess so. I'm, yeah. Yeah, I'm wired to, like, I'll give you my cliff notes. Yeah. But, you'll, yeah, that's it. That's what you get. But, uh, <laughs> but then that's never what we are really curious about. Right. Yeah, because I, I don't know about you, Vern, but I'm always curious to know why people ended up being where they're at and and taking the choices that they take. And uh, 
I mean, you you are an adventurer. You you call yourself a Taoist, right? Oh yeah, good question. It, for those listening, how would you describe like maybe they haven't heard that before? What what is a Taoist? A Taoist is I mean it's it's a philosophy, right? It's mm-hmm. um, I, I try not to um, fight against the sort of superior force that is the energy of the, you know, the cosmos. I try and fit within it and flow Go with the flow. Flow with it. That's and you know there's if you you know try and explain the Tao, then you haven't or you can't. Right? There's all this weird uh, stuff it's a, around. It's a it. way of being. But it's really just it's a way of existing in this you know energy that we're we're in, and to you know find the path that makes the most sense. Like when I walk down the street. I am looking well ahead and yeah. I'm moving away from crowds or I'm, you know, if I see somebody that's struggling, I'll either know that I need to help them or I need to cross the street to just not be impeded. So I try, I try and find that flow even Sp- in my day to day. Spoken like a true martial artist. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no doubt that that would have inherently influenced this uh, way of looking at the world. Yeah. My parents put me in judo when I was four years old, wow. uh, which wow. was really cool. Um, but, uh, you know, at the end of this, like I haven't practiced or done jujitsu in probably five years since I left Okotoks and like my body is so broken. It's ridiculous. Like it's ibuprofen, you know, uh, <laughs> every moment. That's your favorite vitamin. Yeah. Vitamin I. <laughs> yeah. Vitamin I. Vitamin I. <laughs> uh, That's funny. But yeah, I mean, the, the joints are sore and stuff like that. I've been thinking about, you know, possibly going back and doing like some Brazilian jiu-jitsu, which is yeah. a lot less impactful. Like you don't have the sudden deceleration. Yeah, right. You know, called the sudden deceleration sickness of hitting the mat. <laughs> yeah. Learn how to break those falls. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I, I've actually been... Uh, well, my excuse is that I don't have the time. I haven't made the time, but I definitely want to uh, get back into something and get into particularly Brazilian jiu-jitsu because yeah. it's just There's so many fascinating. Great, great clubs <laughs> and great people around. Like um, Anderson Goncalves is so kick-ass. And, like, it just... There's like such a great community here in Calgary. That's yeah. You know, I've actually noticed there's a lot of stuff popping up. Or if you Google, there's a lot of yeah. schools that all seem reputable. So yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. if you ask somebody, like, oh yeah, my friend, right? Like everybody kind of knows somebody that's in that community somewhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's good stuff. So you, um, you're not a resident Calgaryan. I'm sorry. You're not a resident Calgaryan. You weren't born and raised here, right? I was born in Calgary. Oh, you were born. Here. Yeah, I was born fifth floor um, of the Foothills Hospital. <laughs> the first year that it was made, I think, like 1969, it was, I think, when the Foothills Hospital was built. And, uh, yeah, so I was, I came out there, and then we fucked off to Toronto, and I grew up in a little town called Pickering, Ontario, uh, on Duffins Creek, which uh, is famous for having mobsters be uh, dropped off bridges in concrete shoes. <laughs> is that right? Yeah. Oh, my. Did you experience that? No, I was, I was, I was, I was young, but, but, you know, you hear stories. <laughs> but we used to catch crawfish and, you know, uh, chase raccoons. And Could you imagine? Um, what's floating in the water? What is your town famous for? Killing people. <laughs> yeah. uh, uh, Lake Ontario is right there, so we used to go check that out. And that's where I first learned about quicksand, because that's apparently a thing there. Yeah. And uh, three-eyed fish. Which was uh, stuff that we found while, while shit. fishing. Yeah, true, Welcome true to, story. What is it? Uh, what's the Simpsons? Small? It's not Smallville. Oh yeah, the yeah Springfield. Springfield. That's it. Yeah. yeah. Welcome to Springfield. Welcome to Springfield. <laughs> yeah. Nuclear wow. plant uh, on the horizon. Well, I want to. I want to circle back to. Uh, is it Darwin? 
Is that what was it? What was the not Darwin, but uh, oh, Taoism. Taoism, yeah. Sure. Because I'm, I'm we can curious. We talk about Darwin too. I'm Darwin, sure that's yeah, in there. Darwin. Indirectly. I, I ain't too <laughs> smart, but um, yeah, I'm, so, I'm just curious. Like, where did that? Is that something that sort of developed as you just went through life and you noticed? Hey, it's much easier if I go with the flow rather than try to resist everything. Or mm. where did that come from for I you? I read a lot of books. Um, so I, when I was a teenager, I really I was very interested in philosophy. For like I, I was, I think like all of us at some point, we're always looking for something to mm-hmm. make sense of it all. Sure. And um, there was a thing, I, I guess, and maybe it started with judo because the the whole idea of judo is to use your opponent's force against them, right? To mm-hmm. so it's you know transferring that energy that they're coming at you with to you know have them flip over there. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. you did that, not me. If yeah. a train comes at you, get out of the way. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so I think probably it started being informed by that, and because I was into because uh, you know judo is a Japanese art, but you know. Taoism is Eastern, not necessarily, certainly not Japanese. But I started reading a lot of books on that. And I, I think it's really funny. One of the seminal books I read was called The Tao of Pooh, which is about Winnie the Pooh. And oh. um, that's not where I thought that was going. <laughs> Me either. <laughs> I thought you were going to start talking about digestion or something. Yeah, no. Uh, <laughs> but it's, it's a guy that decided to try and explain Taoism <clears throat> through the use of uh, Winnie the Pooh. You know, Winnie the Pooh is a guy that goes with the flow. Yeah, they call him the uncarved block. Like he is, like the, he's malleable. He's, you know, anyway. Yeah, so they, just give him some honey and he's set. Yeah, then there's the Tay of Piglet. There's another book that talks about. Yeah. So I mean, it's, it, anyway, so it was, it was fascinating. So I started, you know, reading all this stuff and trying to under, trying to fit that into my worldview. And it was just one of the things that always made sense that whenever I tried to, whenever I tried to achieve something, I wouldn't. But if I just let myself achieve it, I would. If that makes any sense. That makes no, no. It, that's like sense. that's like Yoda, man. Yeah. There's there, a there's, there's a, no try. <laughs> There's a passage in that book that was, uh, it almost stuck with me. And it was like, uh, achieve, but don't boast of the results. Achieve, but don't glory in the results. Achieve results, but not through force. Force is followed by loss of strength. Hmm. Which always kind of impacted me. Yeah, that, you totally know, you try sense. and do a thing. Yeah, you know, you're, and you're drained as a result. Yeah, or it's you're just not, you're not powerful. It doesn't matter. You know, there's no... Yeah. If you tell people how great you are, you're not. <laughs> if you just are great awesome <laughs> yeah right yeah that's what my dad always used to say to me he well he, in his own words he always used to say Vern, it's the quiet ones you got to look out for the guy who walks <laughs> in the room yeah doesn't matter what topic it is but they're talking shit about that thing it's like yeah he's probably never done that so <laughs> yeah yeah the real the real loud ones are, yeah. are the ones that i tend to avoid yeah, yeah. because they've got to say they don't need me there no leave you with you and, and i'll be on my way all right yeah, yeah. they do need you there they need that audience yeah, that validation oh well, that's true yeah. although I, I suspect they they probably talk just as much to themselves out loud as they do to probably. other people yeah justify yeah. their actions so many different people on the planet yeah no shit wow so speaking of uh what is it what'd you say attention and so I'm a, I'm a big comedy fan. You probably heard that a little bit. Oh, yeah, and I, I owe you uh, some some info. Yeah, yeah. We, sorry about that. No, it's all good, man. We need we need to. We'll circle back on that. And and so I always like to listen to comics. I listen to a ton of podcasts and stuff too. Yeah. So they they start to reveal some stuff about themselves. And one of the big, uh, you know, 
overarching commonalities amongst them all, or at least so they claim, is that they're all fucked up, air quote. Right. And they need, like, attention or validation, or they yeah. need to go and be ridiculous for some reason. So yeah. I'm curious to know where does, where does entertainment and creating and fun like that fit into your whole equation of all the interesting things we already talked about? Oh, um... Well, I'm, I'm certain that I'm fucked up. <laughs> but, well, welcome to the club. <laughs> That's but, why you're here. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. it's yeah. a fucked up episode. That's cool. right. <laughs> Starring Michael Darby. Um, yeah, I don't... Uh, I, th I think, actually, I, ha I had a very healthy upbringing. My parents are amazing. They're still together. They grew cool. fantastically supportive, still are to this day. So I don't have that against uh, going against me in the world of comedy. Are going for me in the world of comedy? Yeah, one of the what other. side you're on. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I don't, I don't know. Like I'm a wicked introvert. Like I am the like. Also, another common thing. Great. Like put me in a room full of people I don't know, and I'm freaking out. I've got uh, I've got social anxiety like you've never seen before. Which uh, I'm so surprised at. I totally get it. Yeah. And that was never my uh, impression of you when I met you. I mean, we met. How I, could it be? Right. <laughs> And that's typical of, of the really strong... The, there are the introverts that it's obvious they are really uncomfortable. And then there are those that are willing to go with the flow of yeah. the uncertainty of like what what's going on, not knowing. And you can still navigate it. Right. You're not truly cowering in a corner. You're able to manage it to a point. Yeah, I found ways to mitigate it. You know? Don't be in situations and environments where that is a thing. Well, it's it's gonna happen. I was like thinking about this. Um, I want to say it was not Ampia, but it was maybe like Calgary Society of Independent Filmmakers had a thing a couple of years ago that I was invited to, and it was at Bottle Screw Bills. Yep. Like Ninth Avenue and whatever that is. I had no idea, and like I was by myself, so I I walk in, and it's just wall to wall people. Some people I knew, some people, most people I had no clue. So I found a corner like a table and I sat there and people would just sort of drift in. They'd talk to yeah. me for a little bit, then they drift out because they're the ones that are like doing the stuff. And yeah. I felt comfortable in that environment. Right. I'm, yeah. You I'm were like, the rock in the stream. Yeah. Kind of. Yeah. No, this, yeah. And I'm cool with that. That's, that works for me. It's so funny that you just used a metaphor. Cause I was going to say, this is going to be a really metaphorical and physical philosophical episode because yeah. what you're talking about, the whole, the whole idea of going with the flow and, and you, to your point, you said, Oh, what'd you do? Not put yourself in that, those uh, situations. And I was going to say, absolutely not because he, he's built to, to not avoid the thing. It's not about how, what you deal with in life. It's how you deal with it. Yeah. Right. And that's yeah. what you're all about. You're not going to go and avoid the situation. You're going to, you're going to deal with it a certain way or a way that works for you. Oh, I don't need to go in and get all on weird and uncomfortable over there with the crowd, and but I'll silly be conversations. here yeah. and I'll be open and I'll welcome in like to your point, the, the rock in the river. I love that. Yeah. That's great. Cool. We had a bunch of people over, uh, we've got a small house in Kensington and we entertain, uh, we'll have people over all the time. And <clears throat> my coping mechanism is I cook. So, I people people go and do stuff and interact and that's all that stuff and I'll sit there on the edges and contribute right. whatever but then I'll go back and I'll cook something yeah, yeah. bring stuff out for people 
And then when I need time to recharge, I go back and cook something else. Right. You know, like that's, see, that's another method. That, that's, I mean, you can I just go to the bathroom. <laughs> Where Davis go? Just drop a deuce. <laughs> Off he goes with his Febreze. Yeah. Uh, so, so you, uh, yeah, that's really interesting. Um, I actually had a, had a point I was going to make and then I lost it. Oh, sorry. No, no, it's all, it's all good. Oh, I was going to say, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but that I'm starting to, something's starting to emerge with like, what would possess somebody to ever get on stage? And if you're, especially if you're somebody who has like this massive social anxiety, to me, that's like, I've taken myself out of that pressure to fit in or to deal. I get to be now in charge of what's going to happen. I'll be on stage and, and run the show kind of deal. Yeah, that is 100% the the fact. Yeah. Like I, I love being on stage. It's my favorite place in the entire world. You can drop me in a room full of hundreds or thousands and I'm good. Yeah, it's all cool. Yeah, yeah. That's, uh, awesome. that's amazing. What a... Uh, it is the antithesis of it, right? For those who are shy, they'd be like, what? Yeah, are you kidding? To go on stage? You're insane. But you're saying that might actually be the place for you to be. 100%. Oh, yeah. Whoa. If, you're, if you're afraid of it, give it a try and see what happens. And that's actually uh, one of my favorite comedians is Bill Burr. Yeah. And that's what he was like. He was always a big fan of comedy, and he makes fun of himself for not being able to tie it together. Like, oh, maybe I should do this, right? <laughs> but but he, was, he was, you know, for so long, he, he started fairly young like around 23 i think but the thing is is he's always like leading up to it he was like thinking about it but it was like terrifying because he's such an introvert and you know got made fun of and all that stuff for being a redhead or whatever but he goes even the the very first time you know he went on stage it was one of those like cliche things where he's just like holy fuck Uh, this is where i need to be right yeah 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 so it's a really interesting thing it's completely the opposite of what you'd think right yeah yeah it's a it's a weird weird environment but I don't know. It makes sense. Yeah, right? it does make sense. Well, and, yeah. and it's back to your point to when you're going with the flow and you're not trying to make something work. Yeah. The make sense. It tends to be the outcome yeah. of it. Like, yeah, this is, this feels good. Yeah. We're, we're driven by now something, um, bigger than ourselves. Yeah. And we allow the, the smaller, more, more in the moment, ego driven, decision maker to, to take a back seat because yeah he's never been well, there's no room for it there there isn't when you're not and he's never been the guy the to really navigate it anyways yeah. yeah that's awesome there's some very subtle subtle things here you know it's like that one degree shift yeah right because most people would have you know avoid getting in front of people their whole life where they're like okay what if i tried it and then what you know what yeah. i mean you know what's really interesting is not only are you on stage but you actually do comedy well, I don't do it well. <laughs> the fact that you are willing to go up there and and potentially drop a deuce, well, in public, yeah. But so let's go back to night. Let's go back. Let's go back in time. Nineteen seventy nine. Uh, we arrive in Calgary from Toronto, and uh, so I had only known Ontario growing up. And we get to Calgary. My dad's in the oil industry. We're growing up in Silver Springs. The very first thing he does, he takes me to a place, I'm 10 years old, called Loose Moose Theater. Mm, right. And that, if you want to talk about pivotal things, like what I learned from Keith Johnstone when I was a teenager, because I went and took classes there, I never got on stage until I was an adult, until like six years ago or whatever, with Loose Moose. Um, but talk about, you learn how to fail gracefully. You learn how to take risks. You learn how to push the story forward, how to, you know, support the other person that's on stage with you first. Yeah. And put yourself 
Oh, so, you're you're on stage with more than one person. Yeah, because you're instance. you're improvising. Doing right? improv. Okay, yeah. I see. So I, that that was kind of an aha moment, and I, I've learned so much, and so much of who I am creatively comes from that place. You know that you can risk it, that you can fail, and that you shouldn't beat yourself up for failing. And right. don't try and be excellent; just try and be average. Like if if you just take all that pressure off and you yeah, just you right. know, just do, do the thing, do the thing. Right. However, don't it color comes it. Out. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's so funny because David and I have talked about this in the past where, you know, you want to try something new, like maybe you pick up a guitar or maybe you try comedy or whatever. Yeah. And as a kid growing up, I always had this, I don't know what this limitation was about, but in my mind, it was like, well, if you're not going to be the best at it, why the hell would you ever try? Right. Which is so ridiculous. Well, I don't know where that, limiting. <laughs> well, I don't know where that came from, but yeah. I haven't, you know, peeled back that onion yet. But that's, that's the thing is that you kind of look at things like... No, I just want to try ballet. Like, what the hell's wrong with that? I just want to try it. Yeah. I don't need to go and, you know, whatever, be competitive or whatever, you know. Picturing you in a tutu right now. You're welcome. Totally. Yeah, that, that, <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> it's the Put other, that in the bank for yeah, later. Yeah. The other version of the kilt. <laughs> My buns are a lot firmer than you might think. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Tangent. We really need that tangent sign. My son, we went laser tag, did some laser tag a couple of days ago. Yeah. And my son happened to have number one on the, uh, the the thing that you have to wear. Yeah, the best right? thing. Yeah, the best. Yeah. And he collapsed now, ha- being number one, that he's going to win that laser tag. <laughs> At fast forward to the end of the session, he did not win. Oh. And he got, he was super upset by it. He was choked, eh? Yeah. Huh. Wow. It just goes to show you how quickly... Yeah. And automatically, I don't even, all the influences that it comes from. Totally. That, that have you feeling like you need to be the winner. Right. Right. And then when it doesn't happen. You're now upset. You're completely upset. So to, to be able to put yourself in a situation where right off the bat, it's not about being number one. It's not even about you. Yeah. It's That's about so the other person on yeah. stage. That's pretty free. <laughs> Yeah, and it's also you know also about the audience too. You want to look after them. Yeah, right. So there's a, there's a lot that there's a lot that goes on on stage and improv that I think a lot of people don't understand. They have no idea, right? Oh yeah, they, <clears> they no context. But when it. you have somebody that's really good at it and it looks effortless, oh my god! Like yeah, it's a cool it's, thing. It's to magic. Watch. Yeah, right? like um, yeah. I still want to do improv, but, and I'll be completely honest. I got scared when I went with you. Oh, you should come back and just play. You would have so much fun because it's just, it's, it's like petrified. Like, I'll just watch from the sidelines for yeah. a bit. See how it goes. <laughs> yeah. See how it works. Well, I've done, I've done stand-up comedy twice. Yeah. Right? And, and I plan on going back to it once I figure out what my thing is. Like the first time, uh, I did well, I think, um, but I'm a storyteller. So I told I told a mostly true story about diving with a giant Pacific octopus, which, you know, got people seemed to really like it. They laughed at the right places and it was fun. Cool. The second time I went up, I wanted to do a different story because I was doing the same room and I kept getting told by my contemporaries or these people that are way better at comedy than I am, just work on your story. Just work on that one. Perfect it. Like just tweak it, blah, blah, blah. You're like, yeah, thanks for the advice. No, we're going to do something. Yeah, totally. Yeah, you know. total left turn. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, <laughs> so, so, anyway, so I, I decided I'm just like, no, I'm going to, I just want to do this my way. Sure. Because I'm an idiot. <laughs> and uh, 
But then about an hour before, I'm just like, oh shit, maybe I'm wrong. So I second guessed myself, decided to go back to the octopus story, got up on stage after the host of the show eviscerated the other comics for like the shit just show not that was happening. Their game. Oh yeah. man, like it, and like he was right, but I had to go up shortly after that, and I like I got into like the first minute of my bit, and I was just like, yeah, I can't continue. <laughs> I'm just like I'm done. And uh, I just said, thanks, that's my time. And I left the stage. And, like, people are like, <laughs> jaw on the floor. The, the odd clap. Is that right? You were just like, yeah, this isn't going yeah, well I, at I all. Couldn't, <laughs> I couldn't find the... The, the rhythm, the, the rhythm, the flow. You're forgetting the, parts of the story, yes, like all that. It was, and it wasn't... I mean, I've been on stage so much that it wasn't panic so much. It was just, like, I was really in my head. And yeah. I'm, I'm rarely try and like live up there when I'm performing or on stage, right? Try right. to just be a conduit for stuff. But yeah, no, I totally shit the bed. Yeah. And which I think is good. I think it's important. No, to, I think it's yeah, totally. To to cock it up. You if know. you always knock it out of the park, where where's the lesson? Where's where's the fulfillment? It's not even the lesson, where's the fulfillment inside right. of it? Because it's like, yeah, I, no, I can do that. It's easy. Yeah. Like, next. Yeah. What if here's a crazy notion? Yes. What if you're not going to figure out your way without without yeah getting at bats? That's that's the thing, and and that's really what I've got to do is just get up and you know hit these rooms, uh, work on bits, and that's the other thing yeah. too is that like improv is easy in a way. Uh, it's terrifying. You don't really have, have to, to cr- right? You're not cr- rehearse. You have to go up there as a blank slate, and all whatever time. happens happens. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. Um, and the thing about stand up is that it's a craft. Yeah, oh, like for sure. You gotta not only like pen those jokes. You've got to like work on you know the timing and the punchlines so, and the. Yeah. That's the part that scares me. Yeah, because I don't know how. I don't know how the first thing. I, I mean, I should to your point. I should just try to do that. Just get on stage and tell a story. Yeah. Because I had I don't know the first thing about writing a joke. Yeah. Especially when I watch a good comic and I'm like. How did they do that? Yeah. You know they're tying shit back oh, in from things they said twenty minutes ago. And yeah. they keep, it's just like fuck, man. Yeah, and some you... of those guys got ghostwriters. And... Oh yeah, no, for sure. But I'm just saying, like the way that they yeah. dial it in. Of course, we're seeing like the finished product, if you will, a lot of the time. So, yeah. well, you know. this is why it's fun to hit those small rooms, like Juliet's Castle on Sundays. Even Monday, Comedy Monday night, they always have amateurs there. Uh, Jupiter down at Oak Tree on Wednesdays. Uh, there's so many uh, Vern's the Tuesday, which is Vern's, a, which is a Vern, we should go to your place. You go to that place, <laughs> <laughs> your namesake. Uh, yeah, so there's there's so much amateur comedy. Wow. Okay. And See, I didn't can, even know there was a. So there's a bit of a huge scene here. You could try and get in there and hit those different spots and get yeah. that experience. Almost every room will give you a rookie spot. Like if you've never been up there before, it'll just be like, hey, I want to. Can I have a spot? And they're just like, yep. And I've seen some real bad acts. Oh, I bet. Uh, I've seen some really amazing stuff, and I've seen some really bad ones. I was certainly, on that one night, one of the... I wouldn't say bad so much as just disappointing. Yeah, <laughs> right. It's like, he's... Oh, no. that I feel bad for him now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No kidding. Yeah. It's like, I can't laugh. Yeah. Uh, wow. Uh, so then are you... Uh, so when, when do you plan on getting back up on stage, or what's, what's that look like? I think... Um, that's a great question. Uh, I'll probably be up on stage once or twice more at Loose Moose before I go on vacation for the summer. Uh, I'll be back performing at Loose Moose on, like in September. That's so that's the improv. That's the improv. Right. Uh, yeah, and that's every Friday, every Friday night typically. Um, <clears throat> and then I think probably 
I want to say after things settle down after our shoot, this short film thing we're doing, probably October, I'll, I'll get back on stage and try and uh, craft a joke uh, or two. You know? <laughs> joke or two. Now, are you going to be crafting the jokes prior to, or is that when you are, is there, is there going to be some, some planning, some preparation to build up to that point? Yeah. Well, cause I, I, I mean, really the, because it is like, it's an art form. It's, it's something that deserves time and attention given to it. Absolutely. Um, and I don't want to half-ass it. Yeah. So, uh, and I do have lots of friends that are in in the scene that are happy to sit down and listen to me deliver a five-minute bit, and then give me notes on it. So that's great. I just have to um, instead of it's always been my modus operandi just to show up and do the thing, right? right? Uh, and that works a lot of the time. Yeah. But in stand-up, I, I think that when I get better, like once I once I know how to hit those beats for a crowd. Then, then I can show up and just go with the flow and do those things. You have context now for for what flow looks like in that right. environment. Right now, you yeah. don't, and you keep hitting walls. Yeah, so yeah. you gotta go. You gotta open your eyes, man. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So that's the. I, <laughs> so I, I will say that I'll I'll be back on stage trying some stand up in October, November. That's uh, that's a thing. And I'm, the other thing too is it's reps, right? Like you were saying earlier, you know, yeah. you, you, you got to get at bat. You gotta you gotta get up there and swing. Right. Um, so it's. What it's would it a, look like if Vern actually got on stage in October? October. I'm not talking Verns. I'm talking about Vern. <laughs> yeah. What would Vern. that look like? No. Yeah. I'm. I. I need a little push. I definitely want to. I would do. I would do a show with you. That would be awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'll do my comeback show <laughs> when you do your first one. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Let's do it. Yeah. I'll do show number three. Your show number one. Oh boy. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you mean I have to wait till October? <laughs> i'm so chomping at the bit to do it people are actually like people who listen to the podcast and whatnot they're like yeah. so have you done comedy yet like how's uh, that going <laughs> i'm like tail between my legs no no i haven't actually yeah <laughs> to be fair i did say 2019 <laughs> so you got some time he, yeah you got still some got some time it's the procrastinator special or we're gonna wait till october yeah <laughs> there there is this tendency for uh, any of us to to feel like we should be able to just knock it out of the park mm -hmm. effortless effortlessly in the first run and you pointed to something really cool and that is it merits time and attention yeah because it's it's meaningful it's worthwhile it requires it yeah. actually you couldn't possibly deliver and make the impact that you are uh, curious to see if you can make if you don't do that right I, that part I'm 100% clear on because I've been grappling with and being a marketer for uh, for 10 years and uh, and being in this world of social media and, and having uh, this, this pull to like, I should be doing something on social media. And then this thing of like being part of the noise that's going on has yeah. always been the, um, the block, the stop. It's like, well, if you're going to do that, what is it that you're going to do that's actually that people would actually care enough about to watch right versus just being part of the noise yeah. and that needs time you need to incubate it right well you need to put it out into the world find your find your point of view yes right so that's yeah. cool so we're going to do uh maybe we'll even I don't know, live podcast it in October. <laughs> oh, man. Talk about up in the stakes. Holy <laughs> moly. Do a live podcast. That'd be awesome. I, yeah. I think that'd be um, super fun. And I've seen, 
I actually haven't seen your stuff, but I've seen your stuff and it is the, it's there. I have yeah. stuff. Yeah, well, you've showed me. Your <laughs> I want to see a Rocky so Balboa training montage of you getting ready for your. Dude, your... You would totally. You would, just, <laughs> so you would totally do that. That's <laughs> 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 right. You're like writing crumple. Yeah, writing that's right. crumple. <laughs> Man, we could do. We could have some fun. That'd yeah. be awesome. You're, you're talking to. Uh, uh, a, a movie maker storyteller. <laughs> yeah, no, that's brilliant. No Just wonder right that there, that even out. with the writing yeah. and the crumpling, that's be amazing. That's so good. Yeah. And you're missing, and, it, and, it's, and so you get on the it. trash can, you just keep missing the trash can, <laughs> right? <laughs> And then when one lands in, suddenly it's like, oh, the epiphany. Oh, I got an idea. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's great. So we should totally do that. How are we doing for time? Got about seven minutes left. Oh, nice. Seven minutes. Seven minutes. Really? Wow. Well, what the yeah. fuck do we talk about now? Time flies. Way to. Put the brakes on. Yeah, sorry. I know, right? How are we doing for time? <laughs> no. It's like, is it done yet? God, it, Darty, um, shut the fuck up. <laughs> well, what, well, hold on. Well, how do you fit into this whole equation? Yeah, what's going on there? What's up with you? Uh, what, what equation? So what if we do some We do some stand-up? Yeah. We do a bit of podcasting yeah. throughout as we like host an MC, yeah. and then we do some improv. Yeah. Oh, shit. Oh! <laughs> 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 you know, I, it's a funny that I never actually went down that road because I always like as a kid, just, like most kids, I like loved comedy. I loved uh, yeah. Jim Carrey was one of my favorite. Oh people. yeah. When I was in high school, the funnest I ever had was in my uh, what was it called? Well, just drama basically. Drama, I can't remember yeah. what they called it, but theater arts. That was it. And I learned uh, little things like the overtone thing. Like yeah. we did this bit where there was two kids standing pretending they're at the urinal. And there was two kids standing behind them, and, and they'd be like, hey, how's it going? And then the uh, overtone would be like, ah, fuck, I don't want to talk to you. Like, like, yeah, right, like, yeah, yeah, like yeah. But meanwhile, the guy's like, pretty good, man. How are you? Like, it's, And then it's like, why are we having a conversation at a urinal? You know, like. <laughs> yeah, I love that stuff. Yeah, it was cool. And then my, my friend and I did this bit where, like, these two relatively uh, larger kids for high school, right? Yeah. So we're, he's the guy, and I'm the girl, and we're sitting in two chairs and we're pretending to drive down the highway and we're doing this bit where I have to tell him I'm pregnant yeah. and we're improv the whole time. Finally, I get the words out. I go, you're going to be a father. He goes, get out. Uh. <laughs> oh God. Oh, God. That's so funny, man. Oh, my God. <laughs> that's, awesome. that's one way to welcome the new mother of your child. Yeah, right? it was, it was great. We're just doing it in front of our classmates. It was pretty funny and, and I had a lot of fun, but I never, same thing. I never thought like, Oh, even for fun, like this is a thing I could do. Yeah, you know, so yeah. may may as well go and try and. I think if you're a... if you're getting pulled towards it, you've got to just jump in and and try it. Yeah, and, yeah. And I think knowing what I know now, with my vast experience of two times, <laughs> <laughs> one that was okay, and one that I shit the bed, is that I, I think moving forward, like just being you know what, I'm going to hit these clubs this month. Right. So I'm going to be a rookie at, uh, you know, handcuff on Sunday. I'm going to ask for a rookie spot at Comedy Monday Night the following. I'm going to ask for a rookie spot at Vern's right. on Tuesday. A rookie spot at uh, Oak Tree. And then you've got four different rooms right. that you've tried your stuff at and you're you're working towards. Uh, and then once you're done sort of the rookie circuit, and you, then you can go ask for, you know, a five-minute spot right. at a show. Yeah, because I would imagine, excuse me, that like from... Never having done it, yeah. To even, 
I know there's obviously you need to do it thousands of times, but from never doing it to, to doing it twice or doing it four times, yeah. like the difference in your perspective, your context for how it actually goes yeah. is vastly different after just a couple times on stage, I would imagine, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. Well, you've gotten intimate with the words that you're using. Uh, the relationship has deepened with your right. your desire to want to connect at, at, at that level of entertainment with a crowd versus... It's a really cool idea, and I can totally see myself, and everybody's in stitches. Right. And maybe I'll just hold that for a little while because yeah. it's a bit scary to know that it might not go that way. That's right. Yeah, totally. I, I think that that's probably one of the biggest things, though, is you know removing the ego and fighting for truth right. on stage. Even in comedy, oh. finding that truth is so important. Yeah, I think right? I think that's the pull for me. Actually, is yeah. is. I was saying this to David a long time ago. Even if you get up on stage, it would be, it would feel awesome to kill, right? Yeah. I know that that would obviously that would feel sure. awesome, right? Yeah. It feels good in your if you're in your kitchen and you tell a few jokes and your friends laugh. But, oh, yeah. but you go up on on stage and actually just to be okay with being on stage, yeah, and just be like, well, I'm just gonna see how this goes, and yeah. if you guys don't laugh at all, like. That's cool. I just like having all your eyeballs on me. Right. You know, like, oh, yeah. right? Like, <laughs> I, I, had a, I had a friend of mine who's pretty big in the comedy world right now, like local scene. And he went up, Comedy Monday Night or someplace, so big room, like good room. Wow. And he, he did a, a, a dolphin rape joke for five minutes. <laughs> Not one person laughed the entire oh, time. He didn't let it go. He no, just kept he just going with it. owned it. Yeah, he, that's he powerful. Finished, he finished his bit and was just like, okay. So now I know that, you know. Well, here's the thing that's interesting about that. Because you listen to, again, these guys are professionals. So clearly they're, you know, they're doing it a lot more often. So yeah. trying to work their shit out. But I'm listening to, you know, Bill Burr talk about how, oh, yeah, I went and did a spot at this place and killed. Yeah. Then I go across town the, like the same night. I do a spot at this place, same bit. And crickets. Yep. He's like, so it's a weird thing. It's to never about the material most of the right. time. Right. It's the, yeah, it's the story, the timing, the energy, the, the room, the push and pull yeah. and all that, right? So that's why they go and work those things out. And to, yeah. to your point, they purposely go and try to bomb. Yeah. So yeah. that takes balls, right? They're oh, like, oh, I'm just going to try this bit. And I'm just going to talk shit and see how this goes. It's yeah. like, wow, that's where I'd like to get to, you know? Yeah. Yeah, Let's yeah. talk about something completely ridiculous or take something that's real and make it ridiculous and try to have fun with it, right? Absolutely. Yeah. That yeah. sounds uh, exciting. Well, I'm looking forward wait. to the show in October, right? <laughs> Damn, I'm gonna hype this stuff. And if, you, up. if maybe if you need an extra for your for your production, I'll come and maybe I could choke somebody or something um, stupid like that. <laughs> choke somebody. I don't think we have a choking role. I could stand outside the Tim Hortons, you know. Yeah, totally. Yeah, be that guy. <laughs> maybe put maybe put some like gangster. Um, bling on yeah and, maybe right. maybe scribe some face tattoos that would or be oh, give me some post little as he's eating tin bits or something yeah that'd be cool it's so so canadian <laughs> eating you know? the criller eating instead the, of the, the honey crew beliefs <laughs> wow now, now you're talking now you're talking it's just one of those subtle things in the background so meta yeah. see if anyone picks up on that oh my god that's good stuff it's <laughs> amazing awesome.